and um, I hear the first officer call out. And, and the first officer jumps on the radio and he screams, holy shit, the goat man. And I mean, it's just like everything went quiet. And my, I, I could hear the ringing in my ears and I could feel my heart race. And so I hit my life and I went flying up there. I'd been told by some old, older people, elders, that you grab them and you hold them and you, you, you don't own them, but you, you hold them there until daylight. If you can hold them or pull it in, pull them into the light, it uh, destroys anything they have, uh, any kind of power or anything that, or anything they were trying to do to you, it'll, it'll destroy them. This guy was like bouncing, like. You know, like how you, you see people kind of getting ready to jig? You know how they kind of bounce? Yeah, he was like that way. He was just kind of bouncing, and he was just kind of going back and forth and one foot to the other. And uh, and he just kind of turned sideways, and he turned back over to the other way, and and uh, he took off. Holy shit, he jumped in Wanda. Welcome back. You're listening to Lodge Tales, and I'm your host, Rod Williamson. If um, if you like what we do here, and you're listening to on YouTube or whatever podcast service that you that you go to, I'd like to ask you guys, please leave a, a review, a good review if you if you like it, you know, and share it where you can. Um, if you have people that have a lot of good stories, just please have them get in contact with me. I mean, it's. I'm pretty easy to talk to and work with and all that. I'd really appreciate it because I, I'm i just still on this mission to get as many stories as I can put out there for everybody. And, you know, we have so many stories, us Native people, and a lot of them ain't told. They, they're told within families, you know, and they're told that, well, like a powwow, sitting around a fire or... Even just over visiting at night, people will get into a good ghost story session, and it, it only happens in those few times, and the people that hear them don't normally get to share them on a platform like this, right? So, please just share, if you can, and encourage them to get in contact with me. You can email me at lodgetales at gmail.com. There's also a place to leave a voicemail or or to get in contact with me on the website at lodgetales.com and um yeah i just really appreciate that it would help us to get this podcast in front of more people and uh you know if there are people out there other natives that do the social media or tiktoks or anything like that have them get in contact with me too if they have any good stories and we could you know, get them onto the podcast to share who they are and what they do. And it would help them get their content even further, you know, out in the world. That would be pretty cool, I think. You know, our, our stories too, they, a lot of times, people don't want to tell our stories. Because, well, for us Indians, it's really easy to talk to each other. You know, it, it is. It, it's, it's really easy to talk to one another about these things. 
Whereas when we try to share outside of our tribe or or even just with non-natives in general, it, it gets a little crazy because we don't want to sound, you know, all, like we're off our rockers. We don't want to sound crazy, but it's almost like you dance around the things you really want to say. It's hard for us to say these things, whereas if we're around our own kind, we just talk freely. And everybody kind of knows what you're talking about. They're not sitting there doubting you or, or you don't feel any way. You don't feel you feel safe talking to other natives, you know. So that's why I made this podcast, right? And I've always felt that, you know, even in the military, when I was in the military, I, I just stopped telling stories in there. I just stopped, uh, you know, all of the things I knew up to that point. I, I, did, I didn't tell anybody, you know. There are a few things they talk about, but really not, not a lot at all. And all the guys I served with, they can attest to that. You know, I might have shared some of the Indian words and the Indian language that I knew, but that's about it. I didn't really go into a lot of these other stories I knew at the time. And it's just kind of like that. I mean, you test the waters and you realize that, well, this ain't a safe environment to share in. And so you just kind of climb up. But, um, you know, I really wanted to share our stories. And I wanted to preserve them. So they would always be out there for the next generation to listen to. Like I always wished I could have my dad's stories, have him tell them, and I could just go and play them and listen to everything that has happened to him in his life or my grandpa. You know, and anybody in my family like that, that's gone now. And I, I would just like to hear all their stories and everything, any and everything they felt like sharing, you know, about the, Native ways or or the strange things, the paranormal, anything like that. I would have just liked to have these on, on record. And I, I think that's really important for us. You know, not just as Native people, but any people out there. It's just us Natives didn't really have a platform for this. You know, there, there are a few things you could do. Like, you could go on Facebook and you could write some stories and they'd be preserved in that manner. And, and that's that's really cool. It's good to listen. I mean, good to read those stories. I ain't, there's nothing wrong with that. I just wanted another way of doing it. Just by, you know... Basically, I guess I really what I wanted to try to capture here. And, and kind of convey to everybody is... How we just sit around and we start talking. Because you know our stories, we start bouncing off one another. And... Your story reminds me of this, so I go on to that. And a lot of times with my my guests, I don't we <laughs> we don't even get to everything we wanted to, you know. And we have so many of of our stories. We have so many. Uh, it it almost seems to me it, it it's distinct. There's a distinct difference between us and others that are not native. You know, and um, it, it's not like that with all of them. Don't, don't get me wrong. There's a, quite a few non-natives that have multiple stories like we do about the things that have happened to us in our lives. Now, what is that? Uh, I really don't know. Um, I heard one elder once say, Well, us Indians, we just, we just know. 
it's kind of how he approached it. And you, you know, you got to realize that a lot of natives are, are really literal. Um, just say things how they are. It's kind of simple. There's no big elaborate explanation. And that's kind of how he said it. You know, now if I was to dig deeper into that myself, I would think, well, we're raised with a lot of these things. They ain't closed off to us. We're raised knowing that spirits are real, you know. Now, I'm not saying that you're you're innately born with the belief in them. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we learn these things young, and they're always around us. They're, you'll always hear people talking about, you know, spooks or ceremonies or, or just things like that. You'll always hear people talking about it. So it's constantly around you. It's in your environment, right? So I think what that does is opens our minds kind of opens our soul I guess to allow things like that to I guess contact us or, or for us to see them or, or to have certain experiences because not everybody does and uh, you know you could be full blood Indian been around every ceremony your whole life and never seen a spirit in your whole life I don't know what that is I, I really don't I, I don't understand that you know, and another guy said, well, it's because you believe that those spirits don't need to show themselves to you. You're already doing what you need to do. You know, that, that, it's, it's a really, this, it's a multifaceted, I guess, conversation that we would need to have o over this whole thing of, of why natives have more stories versus non-natives and, you know, indigenous people in general do. I think, too, a lot of it is is that, well, we're simply more spiritual. And, and what I mean by that is we have a different way of approaching the spirit world, I guess. You know, we don't, uh, for one, we don't doubt it. We, we don't, it just is what it is. And we don't doubt that it's there, you know. But... Like I said, you're not innately born with that. You'll have doubts in your life up until a certain point. Then they'll go away. Because, I mean, you can't discount all the things that have happened to you after a while. And you'll start realizing that there's more to this world than we realize. You know, so much more than we realize. And not one group of people has it all figured out. You know, they're... There's so many different groups of people that have varying levels of uh, of understanding of spirituality, spirit world, and all that. You know, not one group has a has a, the market cornered. I guess you'd say there's not one that knows more than, than you know. I guess, but really, on average, the 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 average native will have ton of these stories and and have multiple experiences with multiple things I, I always thought that was really interesting kind of a you know because me growing up I knew they were real from a very young age because things would happen to us we'd get spooked in boarding school I mean geez from the second grade on up I knew that they were real so how old are you in the second grade I don't know about six or so but I, I knew probably even before that, that they, you know, I knew of them. 
then it started happening to me. And not just me, these groups of us, all at once. We'd, we'd get, you know, kind of haunted all at once. So I've always been kind of, I don't know, this. I always thought that was an odd thing where I knew that they were real at a young age. And then I would run into somebody off the reservation. First time we ever went off the res was when I was in the fourth grade. And nobody off the res really talked about things like that. You know. And I thought it was kind of odd. Like just, ah, well, whatever. You know, I didn't really think too much of it. I was kind of a young guy. But I really did understand or notice that there was a lack of that. And then you go back and... Jesus, it's all over the place. You just talk freely with them all, you know, about about everything that you that you feel like sharing, and people understand you. People also give you guidance on what to do. In certain cases, like say you're being bothered, well, they'll they'll teach you how to get rid of them, how to protect yourself and your family. So. We. We are immersed in this stuff a lot more than. Than the average person, I guess, and but but again, I thought it was odd that people didn't talk about those things. I come from the flip side of that. It it kind of made me think, huh? What? What? Why? <laughs> you know? Then you realize, well, they weren't raised like that. When you get older, you realize that you know, they they just weren't raised around it, and they didn't really have an understanding or or even a belief in it and for me that's I always think it's kind of funny because you know you don't have to believe in the spirits you don't have to believe in uh, the creator whatever you want to call him God uh, great spirit you, you don't have to believe in in that but they believe in you <laughs> it, it's really true that's kind of how it is. There's no requirement for them to believe in you, or any uh, you to believe in them. But they do believe in you. They know you're real. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I've been kind of trying to do more things online with uh, kind of getting into more contact with more people, more natives out there, or even. You know, because I like these paranormal kind of websites and uh, YouTube channels and TikTok lives, things like that. And I was in this one TikTok live where a guy just plays stories from uh, from Reddit, you know, scary stories off of Reddit. He just plays them, plays them and plays them. And every now and again, he'll pause and he'll talk. But all the people in there are really into ghost stories and things like that. And I was kind of surprised about how knowledgeable the guy was about a lot of different subjects, you know. And then it was good to kind of be able to talk to him about things like that. Because normally you don't get to talk to a lot of people about stuff like this. And and I've always been into it since I was young because, you know, I've always loved ghost stories. I always thought they were fascinating and, and whatnot. And to be in some of those ceremonies and to to experience the things you experience in those it's always kind of fascinated me and you know when when you're really following those old ways it's a strict way of life so you really have to kind of mind what you're doing 
can't do certain things. And so that always kind of fascinated me, you know, because there's such structure surrounding it where, where I come from and where I was born. And it was, I guess, an eye-opening experience and, and a, a validating experience, I guess I would say, when in one ceremony in particular, when these spirits made contact with me in there. Uh, it was after I had a surgery, appendix burst, and you know I've told this story somewhere on the podcast, but I was at a ceremony and the, they tapped me with the rattle on my elbow, but right through the wall. There was no way that could have happened, but it, but it did. You know, and that kind of solidified a lot of my, I guess, belief in, in everything uh, with the spiritual world and, and everything like that. But anyways, yeah, I've been reaching out, um, trying to, I guess, just satisfy a curiosity with, with um, different podcasts and videos. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot out there that, well, they they talk about a lot of things that are pretty interesting to me. And I think the more I, I look for other content out there the more I find it kind of thing but anyways uh, what I'm trying to say is there's always been a platform and it seems like it's always kind of been out there for a lot of other non-natives but we didn't have one and we still kind of don't you know that's getting back to what I really wanted to do with this podcast that's kind of where it's at and what I wanted to to do and to accomplish with it and uh you know, because people listen to it, it, it gives me more motivation to keep on. But I mean, aside from that, I, I'm just really curious. And I, I like hearing the stories that people tell. I really do. I, we could go on and on all night geez, just telling stories and stuff. And that's, that's my kind of motivating factor right there, is just engaging with people and hearing their different stories. Because, man, you start hearing things from all over the place all sorts of different stories that happen on different reservations or I mean a lot of the things line up with yours too and we're at that point where we just talk about them freely and we we share like that with each other and I really wanted to share that with the world so here we are you know we're starting a new year Um, I've been doing this podcast for a year now and I think it's went well so far you know I've had a lot of really good stories come on good people tell some good stories i mean that have come on and it it just i would like to feed more into it you know with more guests that come on so i guess without beating a dead horse just please if you can i'd really encourage you to to reach out to me if you have some stories that you wouldn't mind telling and you know we can totally keep you anonymous um you can write in never you know it doesn't have to be, you know, you can, we, we can protect your identity. You don't, we just, you know, I want the stories. I want people to hear, you know, that are not from the res. And even the ones that are from there but don't live on, on the res or, or anything like that where they're from. It's always good to hear stories from back home. And I had a lady write to me recently um, about a story that took place at Chewing Blackbones Campground and 
Um, if you're out there, just know that I'm still working on on some of the research on that, right, for you. And I've, I've turned over a few more stones, but I still haven't got to where I need to be with that. And the one thing that I'm kind of, I guess, running into a, a, a wall is where I... I reached out to some of the um, the Mad Plume family because they're the ones that are descended from chewing black bones. And uh, this lady asked me if we could, if I could kind of figure out, or if I knew, is what she said, if I knew how he got his name. And so that's one question I'd pose to y'all Blackfeet that are out there listening. Um, if you guys know how chewing black bones got his name, would you send me an email? You know, kind of reaching out to the audience here for that one. Um, the only reason I haven't been able to kind of figure it out is because I haven't been able to actually talk to, you know, I'm thinking, well, I have a few names in mind that I would approach. Uh, I just haven't had the chance to do it, you know. So if anybody knows, I mean, go ahead and send me an, an email or, or uh, you can join the Lodge Tales uh, Facebook group. And instant message me there, you know, or, or just leave it in the Lodge Tales Lounge, how, how he got his name. I'd really appreciate it if y'all could, uh, you know, help me out there. <laughs> so, my brother comes back in this next episode and he finishes his stories. Uh, he has quite a few. He has he had four episodes worth, and that's over four hours worth of content with just my brother alone. Yeah, that's what I was kind of getting at with everybody. A lot of my guests have lots of stories. And uh, I know there's more out there. Because largely the guests have been people I know. The family and, and whatnot. There's a few that ain't. But, you know, we have so many. And they're, they're just all sitting there. <laughs> so I'd, I'd really like to hear them if you're all comfortable sharing them. Sharing all your stories. But, uh... Let's go ahead and get into these stories with my brother. And again, I really thank everybody for being here and listening. And this episode's probably going to run a little long, but I mean, geez, we haven't had an episode for a little while here now. Recovering from the holidays, family was sick, you know, a lot of things going on. Well, anyways, we're back. And um, my brother was just if you just catching up on this episode it's the first one you listened you haven't listened to his other ones he's, he was born under as too and grew up there uh he's got a lot of experiences there uh, his experiences are different from mine some of ours are the same but uh well let's just get into the to the show to the interview with my brother from right here all right let's do it Alright, welcome back to the show everyone. This episode we have Jim Williamson back for part three. My brother. He has some stories about Bozeman and Browning, just a bunch of random ones. So uh go ahead Jim, take it away. Alright. Well, when I was younger, uh there's another story about uh kinda of about our dad's house a little bit, but not really about that house, but one day or one night I went over there and they were all gone and I went in and I was watching TV in there for a little bit and end up falling asleep. I used to own a, a, a 85 Camaro back then 
and uh, I had it parked outside in the back there and by that on that gravel road on that north side of that house and uh, it was probably about midnight or so um, our dad showed up and he brought all of his friends in with him and they got really loud and they all started having fun dancing partying all that good stuff and I was trying to sleep on that couch and they were really loud so I start trying to tell them to be quiet and you know you can't reason with the with the drunk person so they just yeah. kept going and finally I got pissed off and I was like well shit I'm just gonna head out to the medicine out to my grandpa's house so I jumped in my car and it was probably about maybe about one or two by then because I put up with them for a little bit then I got mad headed out probably about close to two in the morning I jumped in my car and I just had enough gas to make it out there so gosh it all had to to medicine so I start going out and when you're heading out on uh when you hit highway 89 there's a y right there that splits to go from you could go to cut bank or you could go to great falls i took 89 that goes towards great falls and i start heading out i just got past the y where all those lights were at and it got dark and i had everything turned off and had my music on or nothing i just cruising and and all of a sudden my stereo just turned on like and it was playing that ACDC Highway to Hell, and it turned on really loud, man. <laughs> like, it was it was loud, and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> and I sat there, and I turned it back off, and I had to turn all my mirrors the other way because I got scared, and I just punched it. Shit, I made it to medicine in about five minutes. <laughs> I just turned on all by itself, but, huh? Yeah, it just turned on by itself. As soon as I left those lights, and as soon as it got dark, like, it just that ACDC Highway to Hell to start playing really loud. <laughs> Damn, I got scared as hell. <laughs> I was all by myself. So I turned all the mirrors the other way so I couldn't see nothing. I just punched it. Jeez. That was kind of a spooky one. You know on that straight that you're talking about, that straightaway right there? That um, mm -hmm. I heard a story about a guy who uh, they were broke down and I don't want to tell the whole story, but I guess the guy that went to pick him up, they got a ride from him too, back into Browning. And uh, this was the old road, not the one that we drive on today, but the one before that. That's kind of you can see it to the south of that road. And that guy that picked him up um, had some whiskey, and he was offering it to them. And when he reached back there to grab it, it was under the driver's seat. He said, "Yeah, just reach back, grab." There's a bottle back there. Reach back there, and Christ, he felt a tail and well something hairy. Oh. He pulled on it, and that guy just kind of like jumped a little, you know. And anyways, here, here they, they said, just let us off right here. He says, I know what you are. I ain't gonna, we ain't gonna ride with you. It's another one of those stories about that. You know that man like that goes into the bars and trench coat on, walks out. He's got a tail and hoofs. There's a guy like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing that story too about the old legion people mm -hmm. seeing that guy. The tail drops out of his trench coat after he's leaving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's some spooky stuff going on in Browning. That other time we was uh, into medicine at a, our grandpa's house. I was really sleeping in that back room. And for some reason I I woke up. It was probably about midnight, one in the morning. I woke up and heck, I couldn't move. I was trying to move my arms. I was trying to move my legs. I couldn't move nothing. All I could do was just... I couldn't even talk because I was trying to scream for Grandpa, you know, and have him help me. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't scream. I couldn't do nothing. Couldn't even holler. 
just kind of moved my eyes and I was laying there stuck on my bed and I looked over and there was a, we had one of those old, you know, those great big old TVs, our great big box, mm-hmm. big box set. Yeah, I had one of those things and it it didn't work. So I just covered it with the blanket and I was using it as a stand, put some, my stereo and stuff on it. But I was looking at that thing and um, there was uh, something that was like trying to move around down there something on that screen i remember seeing something that was light lightening up in that screen i don't know what it was but i couldn't do nothing either i could just sit there and just look at the corner of my eye at it and it just i could see that screen kind of lighting up underneath that blanket because there's really a thin blanket that was on there Mm. i could see that screen kind of lightening like something was moving in there and i was like oh man i got scared and i couldn't do nothing but I finally moved my big toe and once I moved my big toe I was able like my whole body busted out of that whatever was holding me or it's like sleep paralysis I don't know what it was but I finally came out of it and I got up and I ran into grandpa's room and <laughs> woke him up and he was getting mad at me because I woke him up you know how we used to get yeah. when you wake him up really quick <laughs> scare him <laughs> yeah he did scare him <laughs> he woke up and his eyes are still kind of half gum shut looking at me mean <laughs> <laughs> what did you but see yeah, anything yeah. else on that screen when you got up like after you were able to move was it still lighting or anything man i i don't even remember i just i just bolted i wanted to get the hell out of there just because i was so scared that i couldn't move but i remember seeing just like a head or something in there like it, it almost looked like a head or something was forming underneath that blanket like there was a light in there and I could see some like a shadowish. Maybe it was a head. I'm not too sure what it was, but it looked pretty freaky. And I just that I couldn't move. It was man, that scared the hell out of me. I didn't know what that was all about. It's first time it ever happened. Last time it ever happened too. You mean it was trying to light up inside the screen, like it was part, like on the TV, or was yeah, it... yeah, like like it was in the TV. Hmm. But that TV was broke. It was old and broke and. It, yeah. it didn't work, so I don't know what that was all about. That was scary. I wonder how they can mess with electronics like that. I've always kind of wondered that. You know, because um, those old guys, they used to say to turn off all the lights, electronics, when you're smudging and any of that stuff, praying. Mm-hmm. They, they turn everything off. So, you know, when you're cleaning, cleansing out a house, same thing. Don't turn any of those on. I don't know. I always kind of wondered how they do that. Yeah, like even on those ghost shows you watch or you see on TV, those ghosts are always draining their batteries and on their cameras and stuff and all that. Kind of weird how they can do that, manipulate that energy. It is. It's it's weird. I never did really, I guess, get a answer my whole life on that, but... I don't know, it's odd. We all know they can fool with things like that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. There's this other time that we, uh, I worked at, um, uh, P&M. Used to be Circle K. Right there, right below our dad's house. And I worked there, and I was, uh, cashier there, and I worked with another guy that was kind of an older guy. He always, he's, I think he still works there. But, uh, we was working and I, I, my shift ended at two and 
I think he ended at like three or four. He locked everything up and then he'd go home. And uh, it was probably about one, one thirty-ish. I was almost ready to leave and there was a woman that walked in that store. And she walks in and I was, me and uh, me and that guy was sitting there telling ghost stories. <laughs> we were the only two in there. We were just sitting behind that cash register just telling ghost stories. And this girl comes walking in. She had blonde hair and we didn't really pay her much attention she just walked in and we seen her go back by those pops back by those uh, cooler areas and we just kept bullshitting and we sat there for a little while and i he was telling his story about five ten minutes past and we start i looked around i was like hmm, wonder where that woman went you know i thought she'd be up here paying for her stuff by now so i turned around and i was like hey where'd that girl go and my coworker looked at me and he's like, huh, I don't know, should we go look? And we started walking down those aisles looking for her. We couldn't find her. And then uh, we went back in those um, coolers in the back part of there. We thought she was hiding or something. So we went back there, looked all over. Shit, we couldn't find her. Went back in those closets. We couldn't find her nowhere. We didn't see her leave. And he's like, oh, shit. So it was, it was about that time was ready for me to go. I told my coworkers, like, well, if, if she is in here, don't let her scare you. <laughs> don't let her get you. <laughs> mm. And he 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 uh, packs a little tiny pistol on his uh, on his um, his calf. He has a little calf holster, and he pulled out his pistol and he put his shell in there. He's like, fuck, if she's in here, she's gonna get shot. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh shit. Hopefully you're all right, man. Just call me if anything, so I'll come back down. Because I was just up at Dad's house, so yeah. I wasn't too far away. So I was told, just give me a call if anything. Then I went to work that next morning, and I asked him about it. I was like, hey, did you ever find that one? He's like, uh-uh. She never did come out, never did see her after that. Like, I, I kept my pistol with me the whole time. <laughs> He's like waiting for her. <laughs> Jeez, did they have cameras at the time? Yeah, yeah, we had cameras and everything. You could see it on those cameras when she walks in. Then you just don't see her when she leaves. We can't find where she went. Like, she went back. What I remember was she went back by those uh, those coolers, back by the beer and all that stuff, and kind of gets a little dark back there when those cameras look, or a little further away so you can't really make out the person back there too well. Yeah. And, yeah, that's, that's all I remember with that, that they they couldn't really see what was going on because he, he actually showed the owner too. He he showed the owner that camera footage and we kind of showed everybody that worked there because we was really amazed that we got spooked like that. Mm. Nobody recognized the person? Mm, nobody recognized her. She didn't even look at the camera or nothing. She she had on a black sweater and she had like kind of like a I don't know, like a dark blondish hair, kind of shoulder length, and she just walked in and walked back by those bears and disappeared. Never did see her after that. Jeez, did it? Was there like a door chime that made a sound and someone walked in? Yeah, yeah. Cause heard all that too. Chime. Huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we heard her walk <laughs> in. We seen her, and uh, my when when we was telling stories, my back was to the door and. My coworker was sitting facing the door, and I, we were just talking to each other right there. So he actually looked at her, and walked her, watched her walk by, and 
he he was still in the middle of his story, so he just kept telling his story, and we just kind of forgot about her for a little bit, and I realized, hey, I wonder where that woman's at. <laughs> we never did find her after that. That was that was pretty weird. There's a lot of weird stuff that kind of happened around that area with that junkyard being right there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of a lot of car wrecks, a lot of people that passed away in those in those those cars that were in that junkyard. Yeah, there is. Hmm. There was a time we was, uh, me and my wife, we didn't have a car at the time. And we was, uh, we was going to, uh, I filed for unemployment and that unemployment office was in that church right on top of the hill right next to Vina Chatton, that church that has that kind of sharp steeple looking thing on it. Yeah. Kind of right behind Subway there. Methodist church, isn't it? Yeah, Methodist, or not not Subway, but that taco place right there. Yeah, right on top of that hill. Yeah. But uh, they they had that unemployment office in there that time, and that's where we was walking to. Before that, probably about a, a couple days, maybe about four or five days before that, there was a really bad wreck out, out by Badger, I want to say, somewhere out that way. There was a, some young kids that were in a kind of lifted truck in the... I remember hearing some stories about it. They said there was like maybe four of them in there, or three of them. I'm not too sure how many was in that truck, but they were drinking out by that bridge and in Badger, and they somebody walked up to their truck or something and said, "Hey, yeah, let me. I got some beers. You guys want to drink some beers?" And they just let them jump in. They said they. I don't. I don't know if they knew them or not. I'm not too sure that. I'm not too sure about that part of the story but they let them jump in that truck and they they all start drinking their beers and sharing their beers and telling stories and stuff and they sat there for a little while and they got through with their beers and that guy that jumped in with them said hey i got more beer up on top of this hill he's driving me up there and i'll we'll, we'll grab it and we'll just keep drinking i got a bottle up there too and he's like all right so i said he that guy driving put his truck in gear and they start heading out and there's that hill that that guy told him to climb was pretty steep and he had like a lifted truck it was a like a chevy truck and it was stick shift and they they start going up it but i think they lost traction or something and about halfway up they end up rolling backwards and instead of just rolling straight down backwards he turned his truck sideways on just coming down that hill he turned it sideways and it was so tall that it just all the weight was on the top of that truck so it just started rolling down that hill hmm. rolled all the way down that hill and the, it, it ended up killing that one girl um oh i forget her name but it killed that one girl in there and uh, uh i think she was the only one that passed away all the other ones survived but they got hurt but she was the only one that passed away and we was walking, me and my wife, We it was like a couple days after that happened, we heard about it. Oh, man, that's too bad. And we start, we was going up to that unemployment office, and we was walking past that junkyard right there behind P&M. And uh, they had these chain-link fences that were the gate, and the rest of it was like a big solid white fence, so you couldn't see in there until you got to those gates and then you could kind of see a little a little bit of those junk cars in there and we was dry or we was walking and uh i was pushing my baby my oldest um daughter she was just a baby then 
and I was pushing her in a stroller and me and my wife were walking and we walked past that gate and I looked over and I seen that truck that truck that they wrecked and it was it was crushed on that passenger side and the driver's side wasn't wasn't crushed it was kind of like at an angle and the passenger was crushed and the driver's side was just normal the body of it was a little bit crushed on that passenger side but I remember sitting there and or when we was walking by I looked over really quick and I seen two people sitting in there there was a there was it looked like a girl that was sitting in the passenger side and her head was bent like to so she could sit in there because that that roof was tilted was crushed mm-hmm. and she had her head tilted to where she could just sit in that seat and they she was just staring at us and then there was another guy sitting in the driver's seat and he had on a top hat a little then they didn't have no color to him they were just black and i didn't think nothing i, I thought it was um jim jay that that's who that's whose uh, junkyard it was jim jay's junkyard and I thought it was maybe him or some of his workers in there, you know, just looking at those vehicles, and I didn't think nothing, and so we just walked past, and I, once we got past that gate, I looked at my wife, and I was like, hey, did, did you see that? And we walked over there, she's like, what's that? And I was like, man, there was somebody sitting in that truck, and we turned around, and we walked back over by that gate, and there was nobody in there, nobody around there, there was nobody walking around, I went over to that gate, and I kind of hollered a little bit hey you know seeing if anybody was around in there shit nobody answered like man that was kind of spooky to see that dude in there and that girl the way that girl was sitting was kind of scary looking because her head was bent like her neck was bent to where she could sit up in that truck and the other guy would just sit in there with his hands on that steering wheel and you could see his head and then he had a, a top hat on really spooky looking is that that same truck you said that wrecked yeah that same truck that rolled down that hill they they end up bringing it to that junkyard it was that same exact truck hey i heard that i heard that story happened out at heart butte where that where they were drinking like that like yeah by... it was out that's where i thought it was somewhere in badger i, I thought it was out by uh um, going up towards Hey Cooley, that's that's where I always pictured it at, but I'm not too sure. I, I remember asking one of our sister-in-laws once, and I was with my wife. I don't know one of them, but they were pointing up at that hill. When you um, let's see, where can I describe it? Like, say you were to take that Spotted Eagle Road back up that hill, like up by the heart, it oh, would okay. be to the north of there. Um, you know where that rodeo grounds is, west of that kind of out up in those hills somewhere and there, there's a hill out there you, you can see that hill i'm pretty sure that's where it happened yeah that's because oh geez who was it talking about that anyways we we're driving once by there like after it happened and i think we were taking that spotted eagle road or what were we doing i don't remember but i just remember somebody pointing out that hill they said oh there's that hill they wrecked on or they rolled on was that the that great big ridge that you can see right from Hartfield, that Horn Ridge. Yeah, that below there though, there's like just this hill, like a, I don't know, like, a, you know, like that hill that's in by that baseball diamond, like that little hill that's in that little field. Yeah, it's kind of like a hill like that, but bigger out there. I don't know. Next time we go up there, you drive by and 
look around you'll you'll see what I'm talking about there's a hill back there somewhere and I think mm -hmm. that's where it happened I, I think I could be yeah, wrong too though it was pretty wicked when I when I heard about it because I, I I knew both of those those people that were I, I knew that driver and I knew that girl too that passed away. It was pretty sad sad news when we heard yeah. about that. It was pretty sad. Didn't that? Yeah. You said they picked up a guy just got in with them. Yeah, that's that's what that's some of the stories that I heard that um, a couple of other people that I was talking to said. Um, they they talked to that guy, that driver, after he... Because I think he went to jail for that for a little while. I think they got him for manslaughter or something. I'm not too sure, but he went to jail for a little while, I think. And um, he got out, and they were asking him about it. And that's what he said, that there was a guy that jumped in with them. And he hmm. brought him... He wanted him to go up to the top of that hill. He said he, had, he left his bottle up there. He had a bottle and some extra beers and... He said, shit, if you guys want to go get him, we'll drive up there. And said, yeah. So they pulled out, and they couldn't make it up that hill, and they end up rolling backwards, and he turned his truck sideways, and they just it was too top-heavy, and it just rolled down that hill. Nobody knows who that guy is, or? Mm. Nobody knows who that guy was. He, he said he didn't know who that guy was either. Shit, that was probably a spirit. Yeah. Bad spirit. That's what I was thinking is a bad spirit. Come walking through there, seeing them drinking. Jeez. All these dogs just moaning and <laughs> sitting here <laughs> sleeping. I can hear them sighing too. The other time we was uh, talking to one of our in-laws, I was talking to him and he was telling me about this time they were uh, walking out to Heart Butte from Browning and they made it out by the train tracks and right be that, that pencil factory that burnt right there. Mm -hmm. There's that shed door that was really close to the road, that door right there. He said there was a, they were walking past there and shit, they were both really sick, him and his partner that were walking to Heart Butte. Both really hung over and really sick and they said that that door opened up and there was a hand that came out and they were, it was holding a, a bottle. It was, they were waving them in there, like telling them to come in there and come drink like they are showing them that bottle. They, they wouldn't talk, though. Hmm. They were just looking at them and they just kind of waving them in there with that bottle, like telling them, come over here, you know. But they end up looking at them and they looked at each other and they they just got spooked and they, they end up not going in there, but... They got spooked out of there, and they start running. <laughs> they ran up to a, um, oh, I forget that one's name, but there's a trailer just just a couple miles, about a mile up the road. They ran up to there, and they caught a ride. They're getting spooked down there at that pencil factory. Somebody trying to get them to go in there and drink with them. <laughs> Those alcohol spirits, uh, man. Yeah, but they're strong. That. Even right there, right by the, by that, uh, those train tracks, man. Those things are, those things are pretty spooky out there. A couple of times I was partying out there, right at that, uh, that um, where they collect trash now. That big red building right there. Yeah. Before they turned it into anything, it was just an open building. You can drive right behind it on that south side of it, and there was that big door was open. 
you could just drive your car in there and park in there if you wanted to and shit that time we was sitting in there. There was a um there's probably about three, four of us that were parked in there and I pulled in there, did a little cookie in there with my car. I had that Camaro. Did a cookie in there and we stopped and we was all drinking, we jumped out and we just started partying, turned on some music and we were sitting there drinking. I went to use a bathroom, so I had to use a bathroom, so I walked back a little ways away from everybody and I went back there and I was really using the bathroom and should I start hearing something growling? Like it growled at me and I stopped and like, oh shit, what the fuck was that? So I started listening again and I, I could hear those guys behind me all partying and I could hear that music, but then right in front of me, like maybe about 10, 15 feet in front of me, there was something growling. Could have been a dog too, I'm not too sure, but it was dark, so it was just pitch black. You know, you can't see nothing in there during the nighttime. And it was just pitch black in there and we lights for the car was off and the only thing you could see was just the light from that door, you know, the moonlight. Hmm. And that's the only light you could see. And I was using the bathroom, and I heard it again. After that first time, I sat there, and I, I zipped up and everything, and I was sitting there, and I was trying to listen for it again. And I took a drink of my beer, and I was sitting there, and I seen if I was hearing things, and shit, I heard it again. And I took my beer, and I threw it at whatever was over there. I just... It was still a full bear, and I threw it at towards that noise, and I didn't hear that. I just heard that bear hit the ground, and I just turned around, and I ran. And I took off to that car, and I said, like, come on, guys, jump in, jump in, jump in, let's go, let's go. And they were all looking at me like, oh, what's going on? This guy's like, just jump in, let's go. You either jump in now, or you're going to walk back to town. And he's there. They all bailed in, and I took off. I peeled out out of there, and they were asking me what's going on, and I told them about it, and uh, there was a girl that was with us, and she was saying, you know what, I, I felt really weird when I was in there. She said, um, I, I, I didn't want to spook you guys, but I was sitting there smoking a cigarette, and I, I handed it to, I thought I handed it to one of you guys. She said, but there's only four of us there, and you, there was three standing there, but the person that I handed it to was to the side of me, she said, and that was a fifth person. He said they, they took that cigarette and they just kind of took a puff of it and they gave it back to her. And she's like, there wasn't five of us out there. There was only four. I was like, holy shit, man, why didn't you tell us? We all started getting mad at her. Say, man, you got to talk to us. Man. Tell us what's going on, man. We get the hell out of there if that was happening. Then they, they let me walk way the hell over there by myself. Like, shit. Jeez. <laughs> that was pretty spooky. <laughs> you know, that's not the first time I've heard that. Now I've heard it from you. Um, I've heard it from my wife. They were up there. Same thing. They just pulled in there and listened to music, got off, left their headlights on. We're, we're out standing around. Well, you know Doreen. And that that's who it happened to was her. She passed that cigarette off and that person that was over there took a drag of it and handed it back to her. And she flipped out when she realized there was nobody. There shouldn't have been nobody on that side of her. <laughs> yeah, that's happened before. I've heard that before. And then, this is creepy. The creepy part to me about your story is that that growling you heard. You thought it, you know, could be a dog, whatever. So, you know, in that, well, where you're at basically is in between the tracks, and would it be eighty nine? right there mm -hmm. okay so that in that middle there 
if you keep going toward like the east, you actually come off of this little tiny hill. And there was a house, a trailer down there once. And uh, my friend grew up out there. And one night they were telling me that, well, he was telling me that the dogs were barking, barking and barking. And there was an outside light there. You know how they have those with those power lines? They'll usually put an outside light on that power line because into your house. So anyways, mm -hmm. that light only went so far. And it didn't go all the way up on that hill. But uh, they start wondering what the hell's going on. So they stood by that light and they're watching their dogs. Their dogs wouldn't leave that light, but they were still barking up. At, and they could see, they thought there was other dogs up there, you know, and they were going to chase them away or, or even coyotes or something. They were just out there looking, but they knew their dogs were upset and they were kind of trying to figure out what it was. Well, they kind of start going back toward that house once they couldn't really figure it out and those dogs come off that hill they got closer to the house and as they get into that light my friend told me he says uh man he said raw they they didn't have dog faces they had human faces they were making sounds oh. like dogs <laughs> oh. yeah that that's happened just right by that incinerator you're talking about Holy cow, that's spooky, man. Just think if that's what was sitting over there. I know. Holy <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, that, that place right there and in between there is really, it's really haunted in there. And I, you know, my other buddy who, who lived there, there was two brothers that lived there with their mom and dad. Well, anyways, the other brother told me that, I guess, I guess their dad used to run sweats and after their dad passed, one of their older brother, half-brothers, came there and he, you know, really, I guess, desecrated that sweat lodge. So they think mm. that, he thinks that could have something to do with a lot of the the stuff that went on there afterwards, after his dad passed. Because that's when it really started, I guess. But you never know, I mean, can, you never know what, well, what I think is... Oh, go ahead, sorry. That's when people start seeing things, you think, was after... After he did that to that sweat lodge? Well, he used to live there, and that's what he said. Um, you know, it could be, there could have been things happening there way before that, too, but yeah. because of that, I mean, I'm pretty sure things probably really picked up. According to him, they did, but, I mean, when you mess with things like that, you know, you can, you can let things out. You can wake something up, too, you know, when you're raising hell like that. You know, those bad yeah. things like that. You can give them power or something, you know. You can wake something up. You don't want to fool with stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I think about it anyways, but who knows. Yeah, those, those sweat lodges are pretty powerful medicine. Yeah, you don't, you don't mess with those. Remember that time our uncle <laughs> up in Oregon, was, he was drinking and he went and crawled in that one and tried to pass out in there. They stripped him bare ass. They really beat him up and threw him out of there. <laughs> Yeah, he was, yeah, really, really fixed him for doing that. Was <laughs> the spirit stripped him bare ass. <laughs> yeah, beat him up and then threw him out. He was, you know, really traumatized over that for a while. It was that sweat lodge up at Chamawa he tried to do that at. Oh, that's <laughs> Remember that other time, too, me, we out into medicine, uh, our 
um, neighbors were those uh, white men's. They had sweats down down below there, down below Grandpa's house, and Grandpa bought me a four wheeler, little tiny four wheeler, and me and our cousin, uh, he's riding around on it, and we would cross to Medicine River, and we'd go over to our uncle's house. We'd drive up up on top of those ridges. We'd go all over the place on that four wheeler, and uh, this one day I I. I didn't even realize it, but I was driving across that first flat that you come into when you drop down into the bottom there from Grandpa's. Mm-hmm. He's driving towards that pig pen back there, and they had a sweat. There was a sweat ring right there. I I didn't even see that sweat ring, and here I I drove over it by accident. I I I didn't even know I did it, and my our cousin was the one that said, "Oh, this guy, you drove over that sweat ring." Like, oh man, and you know I said a quick prayer like I, I i apologized and everything and you know i thought i took care of it you know i i didn't mean to do it but uh i drove over it and i really felt bad for that and, and uh we, we we just went about our day we went down to the creek and we was fishing and swimming and all that stuff and we ended up going back up to the top by, by grandpa's house and uh we went over by the road or we was down by that um uh, my Joe Show Road, that that old gate that Grandpa used to use, not that new one, that oh, old yeah. gate. He's over by there, mm-hmm. and we drove up to that gate, and he's gonna open it and drive down to the bridge. But then I looked at my gas, and I said, Ah, shit! I don't think we have enough gas to get back. So we just turned around and I start cutting across that field. And you know those those old wagon wheel tracks? Yeah, those ruts there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those old ruts. There's a whole bunch of them. Mm-hmm. We's going over them. Like, I, I wasn't going with them. We we crossed over them, so we was hitting, like, little bumps and jumps. And uh, our cousin was holding on to the back, and shit, we wasn't even going fast at all. I mean, we was just going really slow over them, and he he was holding on to that little tiny bar in the back of that four-wheeler, that little bar that goes over that brake light. Mm-hmm. And he was holding on to that, and then he looked at me. He's like, oh, shit, Jim, Jim, Jim. He started screaming at me and I stopped and he held his arm up and oh shit his arm would just snapped in half it was just hanging like his on right on his uh, wrist oh. it was just hanging down and he could just tell it was broken I was like oh shit man we end up going back down and uh, our sister was down there and we end up getting her to bring us into the hospital and he got casted up and stuff but I really I really think that was from driving over that um that sweat lodge ring and like i said i i didn't mean to do it but i think that's that's why that happened hmm. i remember when that happened i remember you guys were talking about that yeah it was it was pretty scary man at the time to see you know we, we were just young it's my first time seeing a broken bone like that oh shit get the hell out of me yeah, I didn't know you ran over that that sweat ring though. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I think did it was that. Mm-hmm. Bad luck. I remember another? Yeah, remember another time we was down there, and uh, we had a um, another one of our cousins. There's a goofy guy. He was down there with us. He rarely ever came out to Grandpa's house, but this time he did. And he came out there. Me and him was down in the bottom there, and we. Was, Almost by Jim Revis's house, you know, down on that area, mm-hmm. and they have those um those old offerings there. Yeah. And he kept asking me what those were, 
And I told him what they were. I said, they're, they're just offerings. These guys have ceremonies and stuff, and that's what they do. They, they tie their offerings to those trees. And I said, don't, you don't, you don't get to mess with them. Just, just let them be. Like, just keep walking. I think we were looking for berries or something. I, I forget what we were doing down there, but we were just down there messing around. He ended up disappearing from me for a little bit. I was just, I kept walking on that road and we was almost by Jim Revis's house and he disappeared and I thought he found some berries and I turned around and he came running back out and he had one of those things tied around his head like Rambo. And he was acting like he was shooting a gun. He had like a stick and he was sitting there acting like he was shooting a gun like Rambo. I got mad at him. Like, what the hell are you doing, man? Put that, oh, this guy, don't be messing with that stuff. Don't so take that off your head. And we end up, uh, he, he, he was still doing it, still messing around a little bit. And I finally got him to take it off. And I said, shit, just go tie it back up around that tree. Whatever you had with it, whatever was in there, just put it back in there and tie it back up around where you found it. And he did. He he, he put that stuff back in there and he put it back on that tree. And I told him, man, this guy, that's that's not good. You did that. Like, that's, that's some powerful stuff. It's, you know, it's stuff that I don't really understand, but I know it's it's really sacred. You shouldn't be messing with that stuff. And so I was sitting there, and I, I told him, you know, you should probably say a prayer and, you know, ask God for forgiveness for doing that because that's not good. So we start walking back up, and we was in that, that flat that's right below Grandpa's house, not that one they used to have sweats in, but that one we used to have our picnics and stuff at. Mm-hmm. And he was walking across that flat, and he had this big old Bowie knife, like a great big Rambo knife he was carrying with him, and that's that's what he was chopping those sticks down with. And he was carrying that thing, and he was, I don't know what the heck he did, but I was ahead of him, and I was walking. I was maybe about 10 feet ahead of him, and I was walking, and he just screamed at me, ah, Jim, 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 and I turned around and looked at him, and oh, he had a big old gash on his leg. We just because we were wearing trunks because we was going to go swimming and everything. And he had a big old gash right on his thigh. Shit, it was probably about a good six, seven inch gash. Like, Holy cow. And I, I sat there and he was limping and stuff. I put him on my shoulder and I just had him, you know, jumping on one leg. And we was going to, you know, that trail that goes straight up that, uh, that hill behind Grandpa's house? Yeah. I was going to take him up that trail, but he was only on one leg, so thought ah shit we'll just stick to the road so we went the long way and we went all the way up and around that followed the road and he had to hop on one leg all the way up there and i was telling him like see this is what happens when you mess with that stuff man you can't be messing with that stuff like this is this is probably paybacks for doing that Hmm. (laughs) yeah it was it was pretty Pretty wicked to see. He got cut pretty good, man. I think he got, like, stitches inside of that cut, and he got stitches on the outside, too. It was a deep, deep cut. Jeez, was he bleeding out? Or is it... Yeah. He was bleeding all over the place, man. That's why I was telling him that I... I uh, we used his shirt, and I, I wrapped his shirt around it. We were just young, though. I didn't know what the hell to do. I just put it around it just so it would soak the blood up. You know, I probably should have really tightened the hell out of it, but... I never, I just put it around him just to soak up the blood and we just start hopping away and yeah, by the time we got to grandpa's house, I, we hopped in grandpa's car and I, were, I put him in that car and I ran in and I got grandpa 
I told him what happened, and Grandpa got ready really fast, and we headed to town and brought him to the hospital. Oh. Jeez, I bet he never did that again, huh? <laughs> mm, he never did come back out to Grandpa's house again. Never did show back <laughs> up. He, he stayed the hell away from there. Yeah, they had a lot of... You know, up and down the creek a long time ago, like Grandpa, generation above Grandpa's, there was every... Every place had medicine. Every every uh, family up and down that creek all had medicine. You know, they, there's a lot of a lot of offerings like that all over that valley. You can find. You know, I used to hunt the whole thing, and I'd see them all over. I would have just, you know, I wouldn't even look at them. <laughs> I'd glance at them. Mm -hmm. I go, then I'd look away and just go about my my hunt or whatever I was doing. Yeah, yeah, there's some old offerings out there too where there you could tell where the tree grew and they're kind of really high to where, you know, you probably wouldn't be able to crawl up there and tie them up there. But they were probably, the tree was probably a lot younger back then. They were able to tie them low and then the tree grew. Yeah. Yeah, some old offerings. Yeah, I remember seeing some pretty old ones out there too. I mean, faded, just raggy looking by then oh like old man mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah and uh this one time we was uh kind of switching gears from that medicine stuff um we went there's an old school up in uh i don't know if it's little badger or big badger you know where those uh sankadors live on that upper highway they call it sankador flats yep right across from their house there there's a there's a, a gravel road that goes uh, east, and it goes down, and there's an old school down there. They People sometimes live in there. Um, some of our in-laws used to live in there, I guess, a couple long time ago. There's other people that lived in that old school. But uh, my wife used to live in there with her auntie, and they always got bothered in there. They always There was always people that, that just messed with them. Those those windows in there, they're like, it was an old school, so those windows were really big. They you had to stand up on the like something really tall to, and they would put sheets over those windows. And even standing up on something, you couldn't get to the top of those windows. So they just reach as high as they could, and they set a tack in there. So and they just let that sheet drape down, and it would cover the majority of the window. But uh, there's a couple times they got bothered in there. There was a one of our one one of their uh, cousins was working on a pickup truck out there. He was the only one out there. He was underneath that truck, and it was daytime. And there's a little hill, right on right right on the outside of that school, a little tiny hill. It's maybe about a I don't know ten fifteen foot hill. It's not very big, but uh, he was underneath that truck, and he heard people walk or he heard footsteps you know people walking on a on a on that gravel you you know when you're out in the country man you could hear almost anything it's really quiet out there and uh he said he heard that like boots walking on that on that on those rocks and on that gravel up there mm -hmm. and he he was underneath that truck working on a transmission or something really twisting bolts and he turned his head to look he said when he looked, he seen a, a guy standing up on top of that hill looking at him. He said, and he he looked at him really quick, and he was wondering who who he was, but then that guy started walking towards him. He said, and it, 
when he was telling us a story, he said it took that guy like three steps to come off of that hill. Cool. Really a great big guy, whoever he was, he was really big and it just took him about three steps to come off of that hill. And when he noticed that he it only took him three steps, he got scared and he rolled out from underneath that truck. And he ran into that house and he shut that door and he grabbed his rifle. He was sitting there and he pumped a bunch of shells into it and he was sitting there waiting and he said, uh, he said, you can hear that guy walking around outside that school. He would knock on those windows and knock on that door. Shoots, he was even on that roof. He could hear him walking around on that roof up there and making noises and stuff. And, and he was just scared. He just sat there and just prayed and prayed and prayed because he didn't want to open that door. Then finally, um, um, their auntie showed back up. And they were knocking on the door and they were wondering why it was all locked up and he ended up opening that door because he knew it was them and he opened that door and he just looked scared they said they said he was just pale he was all scared he was still holding on to his rifle he was sitting there oh what's what's going on this guy you okay and they he ended up telling them about that that big guy that was walking off of that hill he said he was uh shaggy he said he had really shaggy hair and he was I, I forget what kind of uh, outfit he was wearing, but I just remember him telling us that he had shaggy hair. That's what kind of scared him too. Is he, he just he, he just didn't look good. He looked like a bad spirit or something. So that's why he rolled out and he took off. And they end up telling more stories about that place to to him because they oh yeah we sh-, you know we we get bothered out here too. They were saying that they're they're aunties. Mm-hmm. And uh. Um, my wife and them used to stay with them too, and they said a couple of times they would uh, be in there and kind of go to sleep and stuff. And there's a, it's an old school, so I, I I've never been in this place, but the way they described it to me was when you walk in, there's it's just like one big room right there, and then there's some doors in the back that lead to a kitchen, like those old, like the um, metal tables, you know, like 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 an actual kitchen where it's all metal. Yeah. And it has those things in there, like all the little metal hooks to hang your pots and pans and stuff and all that stuff. And there's a door in there that they never opened. They they don't know what's back there. They always had it locked and closed and like boarded up. And um, her and her cousin Joe was always wondering what was going on. Like they, they always wondered what was back there. They would always get bothered, like when they would go to sleep or when it would be time to go to sleep, they'd all turn the lights off and stuff and they'd be trying to go to sleep and they'd hear stuff back there. They'd hear kids, like kids running around back in that part that's locked up and there'd be things moving around back there. They, Their their auntie would just tell them, you know, just, just try not to let it bother you, just ignore it and all that stuff. But, oh, it's hard to to ignore it when it's really happening you know <laughs> uh. but that that same school um with with all those stories that i heard about it i always wanted to see it i never seen it before and we was we always drove by that road it's like man i'm gonna pull over there and check it out and like, yeah yeah come over there let's uh, I'll, I'll show you where it's at my wife wanted to point it out to me we drove down that road it, it isn't too far down that road maybe half a mile or so quarter of a mile down that road and uh we i we finally seen it i pulled up on top of that little hill and 
I, I just parked there and I was looking at it and you can see there was a red car and there was a white truck parked out in front. There was somebody living in there and you could see them in those windows. They were moving around. You could see they were in that kitchen. They were like cooking or something. I don't know, but they were moving around and there, there was a girl in a red sweater. There was a guy in like a, he had a black shirt on or a black coat or something. They, they were just living their life in there and we were sitting there, and uh, she was telling me about it. She said, yeah, this this is the place. This is the hill that that guy walked off of. And if, if you look down further east, he's, she's like, that time we were walking around out there, there's some kid graves down there that are unmarked. She said, those those are some graves we found down there. And she's telling me all types of different stories about that place. And we were sitting there probably for about maybe five, ten minutes, and she was telling me about all that stuff. And... I start looking at those windows and there was a guy that was, he had his hands on the top of those windows and he was like bent down and he was looking out the window at us and he looked like Mr. Clean. He had a bald <laughs> head and he was dressed in a white shirt and his hands were on the top of that thing and he was bent down and he was like, his head was kind of like kind of bent down a little bit so he could see out that window and look at us. and. I didn't know. I, I I thought those windows were just like normal house windows, you know, just something you could touch, touch the top and, you know, all that stuff. I, I have never been in that place. I've never seen how big those windows were. And we were sitting there and I, I see that guy looking at us and I thought, you know, maybe that's the owners or something. They're like, what the hell are these guys doing? You know, sitting there staring at our house. And I was like, ah, shit, we better get going. So I just backed out and we turned around and we started going and we got to the road and I told my wife about it. I was like, yeah, it's just, the reason why I wanted to leave was because that guy was staring at us. Was like, I, I told her that he was touching the top of those windows and he was bent down looking at us. She just got scared and she's like, no, you, no, you didn't. You didn't see that. And I said, hell yeah, I did. There was somebody looking at it. That's why I left. Otherwise, I would have sat there and kept listening to your stories. But it, it just made me feel like they didn't want us there, so... That's why I wanted to leave. And she's like, no, there's there's no way nobody could touch the top of those windows. Like, you have to be 10 to 12 feet tall to touch those windows. It's like, <laughs> and I was sitting there and I was like, really? He's like, yeah. And I, I told her how he looked. And he looked like Mr. Clean, totally bald-headed. And he had on a really white shirt. And he was wide. He was, like, as wide as those windows. Like, his shoulders were were just as wide as the window was. She's like, holy cow, that guy must have been really big. He's like, because there's no way you can touch the top of those windows without standing on something. Oh. <laughs> those, those people living there probably didn't even know. Yeah, they probably didn't even see it because they, they were just moving around behind him. You could see them just kind of walking around. I don't know if they were cleaning or what they were doing in there, but yeah, he was in there with them though. <laughs> yeah, I've oh, never I seen that place either. Weird. I'd like to go out there and see it. Yeah, it was. It's a. It's an old place. You could tell it's really old. There's like an old uh, swing set still that's out in front of there. You could tell it's an old school. Huh? Is it old like that Cold Feet school down there? Come in, like old. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's similar to that, like, but a little bigger, a little bigger than that place. Hmm. 
but yeah it's it's really old you could tell it's like old it's like an old wood wood house like an old log house almost I don't know how people would live there they just like, who owns it who do you talk to or do you just move in <laughs> no I'm not too sure they're they're anting them I think talk to the tribe or I don't know who they talk to but I I think the tribe owns it I'm I'm, I'm not too sure Ooh, okay, I wouldn't want to live out there. Heck no, that place would be spooky, man. All the stories that I've heard about it. Spooky place. <laughs> that time, too, we was, uh... I was going home. I worked at P&M, and um, we lived out in Hartview. Uh, we moved out from Dad's house. We was getting spooked in Dad's house. Some of those stories that I told in Part 1 and Part 2 about Dad's house. Mm-hmm. I, we was getting spooked in there, so we moved out to Heart Butte for a little while just to kind of let that house cool down. And I'm still working at P&M, and I got off at 2 in the morning, and I jumped. We had this little tiny white car. had a little Pepsi symbol on the side of it. We called it Pepsi car. <laughs> we was, uh, I, I had that car, and we just, I was cruising out, got off work, and turned on my music, gassed up, and headed out. Started driving on that upper highway. Got all the way out past Twins Lake, almost to Heartbeat there where you come up that uh, Horn Ridge, you go over Horn Ridge and you drop over that little derm right there, little derm road. Mm-hmm. I just making that turn, made that turn right past little derm road and I was really going and right on the other side there, there's a little hill with the fence running on the left side of that road. I seen this dude standing there, he was big man, whatever, however he was, I don't, I don't know, he scared the hell out of me though because when my light shined on him when I was driving by him but he was just a big shadow and he was huge whatever he was he was huge he had to have been at least 15 feet tall I mean he was cool. big really big and I, I just seen him really quick and then I seen him at the corner of my eye because I wanted to you know when you're driving around on the res you're always looking side to side for cows and everything so that's what I was really scared to hit them. I was still looking for cows and making sure nothing was on the road and I just glanced over at him really quick and I was like, oh shit, and then I start looking for those cows again because I, I knew they were, uh, my wife told me there was horses or something on that road, be careful, so I was just trying to keep an eye out for those and then when I seen him, I, I seen him at the corner of my eye again as I passed and he was huge, he was really big, he was just standing on the other side of that fence, he was just watching me drive by and man, as soon as I seen him, I just punched it. I don't know what the hell he was, but he was big. Might might have been a Bigfoot. I'm not too sure, but it was enough to scare the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty weird, that one. Yeah, I've heard of them being really big. You know, I've heard, there's stories out there where they're big, like 15 feet tall, like you're saying. There's, there's stories of that. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was huge, man. He was wide too, like really wide. I could tell he was just a big, I don't know, big shadow. What he looked like was like a shadow. But yeah, it scared the hell out of me when I I just seen him really quick and I just punched it, started driving as fast as I could to Heartbeat. Got scared when I got to Heartbeat because I didn't want to get out of that car. Jeez, <laughs> jump out of that car and see him again or something. <laughs> People have 
seen a lot of those Bigfoot actually in that area right there that stretch from Twins Lake to that spot there I don't remember who that guy was Daryl used to talk about or tell stories I guess he was had issues with his heart and so he'd go walk like he used to always walk way out that way from heartbeat and come back in said he quit doing it because there was something big out there pacing him big man like that pacing him stay in those trees <laughs> and, you know by that was that little beaver pond back there in that red red house whatever that thing is you know on the other side of the road like west of Daryl and him's house yeah see the guess right in there is where I can't remember is that where it started following him or was it before that I don't remember but somewhere in there too that thing was at messing with him <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, yeah I believe it it's out there whatever that is out there yeah, it's like all those other stories that I told in those other parts about seeing those tracks and stuff up by Green Lake and, mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff. They're, they're out there. I, I know that for a fact. They're around there somewhere. <laughs> Man, there was this time we was, uh, um, this was during COVID. We was, um, driving around we got tired so we went and drove around up by uh park and um our brother-in-law he, he was a security guard up there and he was when when he was security he was the basically the only one in that whole park lodge nobody was in there there was no guests no workers no nothing they they just wanted a security guard up there to make sure nobody broke in or anything they even boarded up the doors and everything they even boarded everything up and uh, um, this time we was up there, we went up there to go visit him and we brought his wife along with us and we went, she wanted to go visit him. So we drove up there and we went up there and he was showing us around. He was like showing us the route he has to walk. There was, he walks this certain route and he has a little magnet thing that he had to touch on this door with door thing that would prove to his boss that he made his rounds he'd yeah. have to go to each one and he'd touch that magnet to it and uh he had to basically walk all through that whole that whole lodge and he was the only one up there and that time we was up there with him and they, uh, we walked with him that his route and there was my wife was sitting there and she she would just she start recording you know she kind of wanted to see if she could catch any ghosts or anything like that or Take yeah. pictures of ghosts or anything and she started recording and she was recording with her phone and you know asking questions and stuff and should she start talking trash to those spirits and that that are in there start saying you know i'm i'm a strong blackfeet woman you can't scare me because <laughs> guys, guys are all just nafiquans <laughs> nafiakis you guys can't scare me Jeez. strong blackfeet and, uh, <laughs> They're just sitting there talking a bunch of trash and trying to growl up the spirits. And our brother-in-law was sitting there telling her, man, don't do that. You know, you guys are going to leave and I'm going to be here all by myself. <laughs> she was like, oh, I'm sorry. So we just kept walking and he showed us his route and everything. It was pretty spooky in there. We was walking around and all dark and stuff and nobody in there. It's a big place when there's nobody in there. And, uh, we end up going to the to the back to the back of it where we parked and we uh, we was getting ready to leave and uh, 
Joe was telling us about a, a little kid or something. There was a kid back in, I don't know, like the 40s or something that went into that pool or in, in the 50s. A long time ago, he went to that pool and he ended up drowning in that pool. A little kid, a little boy. And um, he was telling us about that story and we started hearing noises back there. Sounded like a, like a woman screaming kind of back by that pool area. I was telling him, go ahead, Joe, you're security guard. Put your head back there. He looked at me. He's like, fuck that. I'm not going back there. <laughs> he said, because all they gave him was just a flashlight. <laughs> I was telling him, go ahead, go light up your flashlight. <laughs> go back there. He, no, I'm not going to go back there. Because it was basically out of his jurisdiction anyway. He didn't have to take care of that pool or nothing. He just chalked it up to it chalked it up to it being a, maybe a mountain lion or something. That's what it kind of sounded like with the mountain lion screaming. So it was probably better he didn't go back there. But anyway, we ended up leaving, and he had to stay up there because he, he worked the night shift, so he stayed from 6 to 6, 12-hour shifts, and he stayed up there, and we ended up leaving, and he called us. Uh, when we got to Heartbeat, he called, and he's like, holy shit, he's like, as soon as you guys left, he's like, man, this whole place just feels different. He's like, when you guys left, I, I had to do one more round when you guys headed out. And I went back into that same room where my wife was talking trash to those spirits. She said, oh, that whole place just felt thick. <laughs> you could just feel the tension in there. Like, I don't know. He said it was like a lot of people were in there. Like, it was almost shoulder to shoulder. He said there was, it just felt different. And we start sitting there, oh, sorry about that. You know, my wife was telling them, I didn't mean to rowel them up and leave you with them. <laughs> but uh, so that, that next day, um, we went to bed. And that next day, we woke up. And my wife was jumping in the shower. And she looked down. She came out. And she's like, oh, Jim, look at this. And she uh, showed me her, her, uh, her waist straight on the right side, right on her hip. A great big bruise. It's probably about a good six-inch bruise, great big round one. Like somebody hit her or kicked her or something really hard, and it was dark too, like really a dark, dark purple bruise. Looked like it would have really hurt. And she said she doesn't remember getting hit. She doesn't remember bumping into anything, anything like that. So she, what we was thinking was maybe it was one of those spirits up there when she was talking trash. They probably kicked her or hit her or did something to her up there when she was doing that. Hmm. That's weird, man. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah, it was a great big bruise right on her side. And it lasted a long time. That's why you don't raise hell like that, you know? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know, man. You don't mess with that. So I was telling her, too, when she was doing it. Like, man, you don't got to do that. You know they're here. Just let them be. <laughs> they're not messing with you. Don't mess with them. <laughs> but that, that other time, too, we was we was up there uh, just driving around. It was still COVID time. Joe wasn't working. It was daytime. It was probably getting evening, close to evening, probably about four-ish, somewhere around there. And uh, we was driving by it. We went up. We went for a long ride, went up by uh, St. Mary's and all that area, went all through there, and we was coming back down through East Glacier. And um, as we was driving by there, she had this this little camera. It wasn't a phone camera. It was a little, 
digital camera that I bought her for Christmas and she was sitting there and she was looking at that thing at the lodge as we was driving by it and she snapped a bunch of pictures as we was driving by it. She said, slow down, slow down a little bit. So I slowed down going really slow driving by it and you could tell nobody was there. That it was all still boarded up and everything. And she took a whole bunch of pictures of it and we start going again. I went underneath that little tunnel and we got up to that main highway and we start going towards Browning and we just got out of East Glacier and she said oh look at this pull over really quick and I pulled over once we got on the other side of um, that medicine bridge right there mm -hmm. we got up on the other side there and I stopped and I was looking at those pictures because you could look at them they had like a big screen on the back of that camera and we was looking at those pictures and you could zoom in on them and stuff and shit there was a whole bunch of spirits in that picture like there was a there was a, a woman that had on those like a old school white dress there was ones that are really poofy like on the bottom they're yeah. really poofy and she had on a great big white hat those ones that have a really big like brim that go around it was really big really like those old school um, fancy hats that those women used to wear really big really wide and uh she was standing on that very top balcony and that top balcony was a suite that was a, a, a suite room up there that's where she was standing and she was looking at that camera and at the <laughs> bottom of there on that bottom floor there was other spirits you could see standing there there was should i i want to say there was at least about 10 maybe 15 spirits standing there and you could see that little boy too that little boy that joe was talking about yeah. that passed away there was a little boy on the very bottom. He was on, he was hugging that uh, that uh, that pole. There was a pole there that he was hugging and he was looking at. The, all of those spirits were looking at that camera. They were looking directly at us when we were driving by. All of them were. Damn. There was like maybe 10, 15 of them, man. And they, you could just tell like when you zoomed in on them. Like there was another guy with a cowboy hat. He had a pipe. You could see he was smoking a pipe. And there was that girl that was on top. There was that little boy. There was another, looked like an Indian lady, too. Like, she had on, like, a, a native, some type of native dress, like buckskin. It wasn't, it was like a, yeah, it looked like buckskin. And she was on the left side, somewhere on the left side, like on the second floor, I want to say. But she was on one, they, they were all sitting on those balconies. Like, they were looking out from those balconies. Jeez. Do you still have that picture? Mm-hmm. We still got them somewhere. I have to have my wife find them. But yeah, we still got those pictures. Yeah, send me that picture. I'll... I gotta update the website here soon. I'll put that in there too when I update it. Yeah, yeah. I thought those ones are pretty, pretty weird when I looked at it. It was like, holy shit, it gave me goosebumps. Just thinking that they were all looking right at us. That's what scared the hell out of me. Was you know usually they, you don't realize if they're looking at you or not, but you could tell in that picture they're looking right at the camera, all of them. <laughs> sure. mm. See, that's weird. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see yeah, that. I don't I, think I've seen it yet. Yeah, we have to find that. I, I think she has it either on that camera or she saved it for a computer or something. But yeah, I'm pretty sure we still got those. I'll have to pull them out and send them to you.
Alright, so the next episode with my brother, his final episode, is uh, it's going to be on Patreon. So it's a members only. And that's what's going to finish out his. So if you don't know, just uh, follow the link in the description of the, the podcast. Or you can search, um, you can go to the website and there's a link there that kind of brings you over to Patreon. Or you can just search Patreon yourself, look up Lodge Tales and... There's membership tiers there. Just go ahead and join one of those. It's $5 a month. Like I said, you can pay your $5 one month, cancel it, catch up on all the Patreon episodes, and you know you, you could just do it like that. You don't have to subscribe every month and, and keep an ongoing thing. I mean, because let's face it, bills get a little high when you have a bunch of these little things out there to add up. So I, I understand that. But if you want to listen to any of the Patreon content for members only, it's that's how you do it. You go over on Patreon, start an account, and enter your payment info for $5 a month kind of thing. So anyways, uh, yeah, that's going to be his next episode. And in that episode, he he finishes off everything he was, he was talking about with me. Uh, just a quick kind of down and dirty of what he talks about, where we talk about there's a college incident that happened down here when we're in college together and I'd like to apologize in advance he uses uh, some (laughs) drops a couple f-bombs in there but since it's a patron only I'm just gonna try to do the minimum amount of editing on that one (laughs) there's there's so much to go through with his and I figure well it's patron it should be okay on there and um he, he talks about this trailer that they used to live in down here a lot too you know and all the things that have happened there, it's really spooky. That house that they lived in had a lot of stuff going on in there. And even up to the house that he lives in now, there's a doppelganger that lives in there too. It's a girl. But she always makes herself look like uh, his family members and everything. But he tells all those stories in the Patreon episode. So if you guys want, go ahead and become a patron and check it out. Again, thanks everybody for for tuning in, being here, and listening to us tell our stories. I really appreciate it. Send more people our way. Alright, till next time.